campus at American Life. Together, we will ensure that HBCUs continue to thrive and prosper and flourish for the countless generations to come. For more than three, we're doing it. And you know we're doing it. We've done a lot, and we're going to do a lot more. For more than 180 years, HBCUs have strengthened our country and called America to greatness. Your institutions have been pillars of excellence in higher education and the engines of advancement for African-American citizens. They've been incredible, the job they've done. You have shaped American leaders, trained American legends, pioneered American innovations, empowered American workers, built American communities, and you've made all of America very proud of you and the job you've done and all of those great students that have learned so much from your wisdom. Thank you very much. This nation owes a profound and enduring debt of gratitude to its HBCUs. Yeah. So true. So Donald Trump shows up on the historically black college and university conference earlier today to give a 30 to 45 minute speech to the audience. I sat down and I I noticed this conversation happening that, okay, Trump has sat down and began having these conversations at the Historically Black College and Universities Conference. So New York Times is writing a piece on it and all these different people are writing a piece on it. And so I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm reading about it and I said, you know what? Let me just sit here and listen to it all. Let me sit here and listen to what Donald Trump has to say. Many of the failures of the past, there have been so many failures, it just didn't work. And a lot of that's been our government's fault. They didn't allow it to work. We're fixing decades of mistakes made by politicians in both parties who put the needs of other countries before our own country and who put special interests before the interests of everyday hardworking Americans. Past leaders spent trillions of dollars in the Middle East, but they let our citizens suffer, our middle class languish, and our neighborhoods fall into total disrepair. And they didn't take care of our, you know, our colleges. I mean, our colleges at different levels. They didn't take care of a lot of things. The Washington establishment enacted ruinous trade policies that devastated millions of hardworking families and inflicted deep economic pain on many African-American communities. Both leaders in both parties let China and other nations loot our jobs, raid our factories, and shatter the dreams of our citizens. China would take out of our country more than $500 billion a year for many years and steal our intellectual property. Things are much different today. More than half a million African-Americans lost good-paying manufacturing jobs after a twin disasters of NAFTA and China's entrance into the WTO. That's the World Trade Organization. That was when it all began to happen. These were not... So Trump is using this time in front of 
the students and educators and uh, I guess top level officials at the historically black colleges and universities um, at this conference, he's using his time. Really, he spends a huge chunk of his time talking about his record and how wonderful he is um, and how wonderful his administration has been and how they've done more for historically black college and universities than anyone else has ever. Now, we all know what's happening here. This is called politics. (laughs) So you would think, you know, the president's coming to to see these students. He's going to have a conversation. But really... The entire conversation is rooted in our organization, our administration did this, we did this, we did this, and we've done that. And what everybody else did wasn't quite good enough. And now that you know that it's not quite good enough, stop paying attention to what they're doing and look at what we're doing. Nothing for the future. (laughs) It's all about we've already accomplished so much. And we came here to let you know that we've accomplished it. And so as I, I as I listen and take in this moment where, you know, I, the, the, our nation is really going in a different direction. <laughs> Believe it or not, people actually sit here and they listen to Donald Trump. They sit here and they listen to everything he has to say. So for there's a huge chunk of people that everything he says matters. Now, to let you know, this was streamed live across many different platforms. This was huge for social media. Now, for those who don't understand why that's important, here's the thing. On social media, it's really ran through black Twitter in black culture. They didn't necessarily have this on TV. They have this right on YouTube. Streaming live. Right on Twitter. Streaming live. So everybody can see. Right there in front of them. Hey this is happening. He's actually sitting down and having a conversation. With black colleges and universities. He's actually doing it. So really this conversation. Becomes more symbolic than it is about actually solving anything. We're not really getting to any roots of anything because in his own words, everything is wonderful. Everything is fine. And this is very exciting, especially for the folks in the room and those young folks over there that are so great and so smart. African-American youth unemployment has reached the lowest rate ever recorded in the history of our country. So in other words, it's a good time to be looking for a job, right? You picked the right time. For the first time ever, most new hires are minorities and predominantly women. So that's a big statement. Most are minorities and women. The African-American poverty rate also reached a new record low in the history of our country, the lowest poverty rate. We are at something. I don't know, when I'm on that debate stage with whoever I'm on, these are pretty good numbers to, you know, who's, who's going to beat these numbers? Please tell me. We're work- who's going to beat these numbers? 
when I'm on that debate stage, who's going to beat these numbers? That right there is the strategic play here. (laughs) This has nothing to do with historically black college. This has nothing to do with a conference. This is the president standing in front of a group of people that are black and are going to clap to everything he's going to say because of the way he positions it. Everything he says sounds good. You spend the first 10 to 15 minutes saying how wonderful everybody in the room is and to thank them for their participation and to thank all the HBCUs for all the work that they've done and how we've put in millions and millions and billions and and trillions of dollars into this and everything is wonderful. You spend 20 minutes on that. Then you pause in the middle of your statements to say, with numbers like these, (laughs) with numbers like these, who's going to beat me? That tells me that this has nothing to do with historically black colleges and universities, let alone a conference. You're not, you're not adding anything new to the conversation. You're simply saying everything we've ever done has been correct. Everything we've ever done has been right. And hey, who can beat this? This episode of Black Equity Podcast is sponsored by Sip and Share Wines. Head over to SipAndShareWines.com and check out all the different wine flavors that they offer. Also, head over to the Wine Club section and join the Wine Club section for free. With the Wine Club, you'll be able to receive quarterly uh, bottles of wine at your front door. We are excited to be working with Sip and Share Wines, and we invite everyone to join us in the wine club. Now, back to the show. Now, keep in mind that this speech occurs within a few days of Jamel Hill saying, hey, I think that all black athletes need to go to black colleges. That could be a strategic way for us to take back (laughs) control of this thing. Let's all just go to black colleges instead of going to white colleges. Now is that time to make that shift. Jamel Hill puts that out. It catches fire within the community. It catches fire on social media. If you haven't read it, you need to head over to theatlantic.com. Go check out that article where Jamel Hill is specifically saying, hey, what's going on here? Why don't we why don't we why don't we look over at having our black athletes staying at historically black colleges and universities instead of bringing so much money over to these white colleges. Jamel Hill's saying that in the article. Within 24 to 48 hours, now Donald Trump is standing in front of historically black college and university conference and telling us how wonderful everything is for historically black colleges and universities. See, everybody's fighting for this vote. Donald Trump wants this vote. He wants the black vote. And they believe the way to do that is having great partnerships with HBCUs because it's symbolic. (laughs) And as long as it's symbolic, we'll, we'll keep paying attention to it. 
it looks good on TV to be standing in front of a screen that says historically black colleges and universities and to have the president saying things. But then when he actually drill down on what he's saying, he's spending all of his time telling you that everything he's ever done in the administration has been for historically black colleges and universities. It's all symbolic to stand there for 20 or 30 minutes to get cheers, to get sound bites. But there's really no true work going to be done to really elevate. Because if there was real work to be done, then why would the Democrats be saying, well, we're going to bring you know all reparations to go through HBCUs. If everything at the HBCUs were okay, then why aren't people running their entire campaigns on it? <laughs> Something's not added. There's two different realities going on here. So as Donald Trump is standing there and he's, he's handing you these facts after facts after facts, at least what he is saying or facts. The crowd is eating it up. Everybody is saying, wow, that's wonderful. This is not out of nowhere. This is a fight for the black mind. This is a fight for the black soul. This is a fight for a certain segment of people in America. If we can convince enough people that everything is just fine the way it is and that we've put the the necessary tools in place, if we can make them believe that, then we won't have to ever give these guys anything. They'll accept it as it is. When you have a whole another side of the world saying, nah, (laughs) what you're offering us is a voided check. What you're you're doing is you're smiling on one hand, but really, on the other hand, there's another news article going out as we speak that says specifically that Trump is trying to uh, make it harder for black families to gain home ownership. At the exact same time, so there's even as we are living in this time, there are multiple reports saying, you know, him saying how wonderful he's been to the black community at the exact same time, reports coming out of how uh, how how he has been a detriment to the black community. And so who's right and who's wrong and who the truth is somewhere, I guess, in the middle. The truth is somewhere in the middle. There's no easy way to slice this thing. But what I do know and what I do see is Trump showed up at a uh, historically black college and university and spent 30 minutes talking about how wonderful everything is. And that, to me, is just alarming. It's something for, for us to take note right here, put it in, put it in right here as a living document of what is currently happening in our society. Because something is a little off when you show up, everything is wonderful, and we all know it's not. This is called politics 
at its highest form right here. And if you're not careful, <laughs> you'll wake up, read the headline, and see, oh, he he has nothing, he he has nothing against historically black colleges and universities. He's all in on it. If you're not careful, they'll convince you that he always was for historically black colleges and universities. Just because he took the photo op and because he stood up there for 30 minutes and said how wonderful everything is. See, the headlines begin to write the story. The headlines begin to write the narrative. You have to just stand there for 30 minutes so then a narrative can be spun. And so he reads from a teleprompter. He doesn't necessarily mean anything he's saying, but it has to be done for the politics of it all. And I hope you can see this. I hope as you go check it out on YouTube or read the articles, and as you do your own fact-checking, fact-checking, you'll look around and say, you know, DJ was telling me to pay attention to this. He was telling me to, to keep an eye out on this. Because it really makes absolutely no sense whatsoever of using this time in the spotlight to shine more brightness onto your administration while everyone in the culture knows the truth. The question is, who from the culture is going to call it out? Those big names. Who's going to respond to this? And we'll see over the next few days or who jumped in and actually said something. Who's, who's, who's actually speaking on this? Or are we just going to let this slide? To be continued, my friends. To be continued. <laughs>